Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Melanie Barr is the founder and CEO of She Built It. She's an entrepreneur, podcaster, community creator, twin mama, wife, and optimist. Melanie started She Built It and the family has become today. They come together to empower you to experience the life and business that you crave. They make meaningful member connections and share knowledge and resources that inspire you to make your next leap big or small. Melanie launched She Built It in 2015 after selling millions in products and services for Fortune 500 companies and entrepreneurs. Companies like Marriott Hotels, AT&T, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and Millennium Corporate Solutions, to name a few. She also led boards and assisted organizations with female-focused missions, such as Step Up and Women's Initiative Network, or also known as WIN, an organization of the Los Angeles Dodgers. She is grateful for her twins, her family, friends, tea, wine, binging on a good show after a long day to wind down her creative mind and the she built it community she earned a bachelor's in marketing from loyola marymount melanie and her husband jonathan levy and her seven-year-old twins parker and elliot live in la california hi melanie welcome to the podcast it's so nice to have you hi thank you so much for having me you're so welcome. Uh, I am very excited about our interview. And before we jump in to talk things all mompreneur, I have a question for you. And you're <laughs> and it's fine. It's fine. So my question for you that I try to warm up with everyone is, what is your favorite cookie or favorite cookie memory? If you don't want to give me a favorite, I would say my favorite is a chocolate chip cookie. Right. Same here. And yesterday I was walking around Hermosa beach and had to stop into the source cafe because they have amazing gluten-free chocolate chip cookies Ooh. and their pastry chef is incredible. So I just had one yesterday, actually. Awesome. And they have to be warm and soft in the middle. Def they're definitely soft. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's, that's, a, that's, you know, it's not so hard when I ask that question, everyone always looks at me funny. And so it's pretty basic. That. It's pretty basic. I think when I was younger, I really liked snickerdoodles, which is, yeah. yeah. Haven't heard about a snickerdoodle. They're still around. Are they? They're still around. I never had one when I was a kid, actually. So I didn't have one until I was a grown up. but they're like a cinnamon. Yeah. So and we have kids, right? You, you have twins and uh -huh. we have kids and there's always cookies or some sort of something at the house. Right. So, you know, it's interesting. My son has never really liked sweets at all. I mean, at Halloween, he would get bags of candy and hand it to his sister made out, you know, she'd like get a two bandit. Bags, right? <laughs> totally. She would get two bags of, of candy at Halloween. I mean, and she'll eat sweets all day long if I let her. So I think out of, you know, seven-year-old twins, I think she got the sweet tooth. And so he, what does he do? Like more salty? He now, he just ate a glazed donut a couple of days ago and realized that he likes glazed. So he's slowly, but he used to tell when he was four or five years old, he'd tell people, I don't like sweets. And everyone was always shocked because most kids love, love sweets. Yeah. He, he would eat vanilla frosting, but it could not have a sprinkle in it. Interesting. Now, now he's expanding and he's expanding you know? his palate. <laughs> what, what, what? <laughs> his palate for cookies and sweets. <laughs> 
I, that's odd too. And when my kiddos, one of mine, my oldest just didn't like mac and cheese. He loves pizza, but right. would not eat, touch it. And now he will eat it. But for the longest time I would tell my friends, like they, he doesn't like mac and cheese. And they are like, what kid doesn't like mac and cheese? I'm like, I don't know. Right. Right. It's know. like a staple for all ch children and very easy to make for, uh, for us. Makes us challenging for, for moms. It's like, oh, I just need <laughs> right. to just make one meal. But pizza is always, I make pizza on Fridays. And so we keep the extras. So he's, right. he would eat that all day, every day, three meals right. a day. Right. <laughs> so, well, we're just going to kind of jump in here a little bit and um, get on, get underway. And so on your website, you say, if you could do anything in your life without the pressure of actually doing it, what would you do? And so obviously you're doing what you want to do. So is there anything else you would also want to accomplish with She Built It? So I love to ask my coaching clients this question, because when you say, if you could do anything, what would you do? That question is scary because maybe you need to change your life in some way in order to do something that you really want to do. And at She Built It, we empower women and men to experience the life and business that they crave. And the life and the career that someone craves, it's different for everyone. We all have different interests and we all want to live a different type of life. So when you ask the question, if you could do anything in your life without the pressure of doing it, that takes the pressure off to feel like, okay, if I tell someone or if I put it out to the universe, I'm going to do this. I feel like I actually have to. So it allows your mind to dream a little bit. And then your subconscious goes in the direction of actually taking you in that direction. And it can be in a small way. Maybe you're someone who works in a corporate career, but you really want to follow your, your passions and launch a business. You can start doing that on the side in small ways. Maybe you gain a couple clients. Maybe you're just thinking through a business plan or you want to think up a name. Um, but asking that question allows us to dream and to sure. go in, in the direction of what we truly want to do. And with She Built It, at, like every community, obviously we want to grow, we want to become more global, and we want to offer more resources to our members to connect them with other members. And one of the most fun things is seeing women in the community do business with each other. Oh, absolutely. We, we all need those resources. The best, the best places that I've, and the most connections I've made are within other communities and mm -hmm. entrepreneurs and just a lot of collabor collaborations come from that. And it's really great to be in like that like-minded space, mm -hmm. you know, literally and figuratively and being able to really lean on each other and help. And so I really love that about She Built It. We all need resources. We need trademark attorneys. We need, if we're growing a business, we need websites. We need um, resources. We need social media and marketing. And, and people that you trust. Right. Being able to share those resources with people who have already worked with others, right? Just like you said, it's the trust is there. And then connecting women who will do business with each other. Absolutely. Because you want to do something especially when it comes to legal or anything that's very technical, mm -hmm. uh, you just never know. And you want to do it right. And you want to do it with someone that is referred or, and you trust that person. That's the reference mm -hmm. and it just goes a long way. So it's, it's very powerful and also freeing for an entrepreneur because then you don't have as much worry. I mean, you still worry about it, but at least, you know, it's being handled correctly. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so is there anything else that you would want to possibly accomplish in the future with She Built It? 
obviously the growth, right? And, and providing more resources and uh, just more resources, more courses, more tools, more knowledge to, in order to inspire women and men to experience the life that they crave. Absolutely. There's always room for expansion. So the, you know, and, and expanding mix. offerings, right. And the offerings change. They can change and grow over time, which is absolutely great. because look at what happened. Everyone's making pivots and changes or shifts in their business because there's a need that they didn't think. And so they need a shift. So it's always, it's the evolution is just constant. Mm-hmm. And for me with she built it, I always, in my corporate career, I, I realized I gravitated towards women's groups because I worked in mostly male-driven industries. Sure. So I was in tech, I worked for the LA Dodgers, and I realized that I would always gravitate towards the women's groups, primarily because there weren't a lot of women where I was working at the time and to make friends. And so when the twins were born, I remember this very vividly. I was driving, I was a vice president of millennial... I was a vice president of Millennium Corporate Solutions at the time, and I was living at the beach and I had to drive probably an hour to my office. And I went into work two to three days a week and I was three months pregnant and I was driving through downtown LA and there was an area where there was caution tape up and a lot of police cars. And I remember I got this really protective feeling like I shouldn't be here. All of a sudden this this overwhelming response came over me that I am responsible for growing two human beings and that I shouldn't be here right now. And that was the moment I thought I either need to make a shift and start working a bit closer to home or I need to sell my business and do something else. And I made the decision to make the leap from corporate at that moment. And it was the best decision because I ended up being on bed rest for two to three months again to keep the babies alive and healthy And then after they were born, I moved to LA at 19 and I supported myself in LA until I got married. And now we have a a dual house, a dual income, but I know what it's like, you know, to worry about paying your rent and, and paying your bills. And I, I enjoy working. I get pride from, from work. And so after the babies were born, I sat in the nursery and I love the babies so much but having one baby is a lot, having two <laughs> oh, yes. com- completely life-changing. And so I sat in the nursery and I, I loved being there with the babies, but the babies don't talk back to you. And I thought, I really have to have an intellectual conversation. I missed the collaboration of work. I missed, I was always in business development. I missed gaining clients and having an idea and saying, okay, here's an idea. Can I make this happen? And so I started listening to audiobooks and podcasts and, um, I thought of the name she built it and I called the trademark attorney and he said, I think, I think you can have the name. So when the twins were two, I launched, she built it. And then when they were four, I thought, okay, they're becoming more independent. I can take on a little more. And we'd really grown in LA as a community And I was ready to go more global. And so I launched the podcast when they were four. And right around the time I had the feeling of taking on a bit more, COVID hit. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right? Um, And so I feel really good. And I have felt really good about how the community had grown up to that time. But I was just ready for more and to, to start creating more offerings and doing more for the community on a global perspective. And 
in a way it was great. And in, a, in another way, it was a challenge, right? Because like you and like many moms, we became teachers at the same time. Yes. And, you know, so challenging. So women, yeah. So many women had to make these choices of really hard ones of, were they going to stay at work? Were they going to come home and care for their kids? I mean, and juggling their schedules and trying to make that like what is now priority because you still might've had a job and you already worked from home, but now you have to juggle being the cafeteria and being (laughs) the tutor and the teacher and the parent. And depending on how you did it, it was just challenging. And then you've got all spouses under the same roof and you're still trying to be a spouse and you're trying to be all of these things. It's so much to do. Right. And then you don't get to really bring in any help, especially with twins, I'm right. sure. And for me too, I have always had help because my husband traveled and I was by mm-hmm. myself and mm-hmm. can't bring help in if there's COVID mm-hmm. and, or trying to remember, like, make sure that they don't go anywhere and keep mm-hmm. themselves safe to not bring it in the house and, you know, income helps and, and COVID just. You're so right. It was that thought of, do we send, and if they're old enough, do we send them to a pod to where they're with a group of other kids or do we keep them at home? And you're right. We couldn't bring in help. And you also can't control the other kids' parents either. And mm-hmm. you're just hoping that they're, you know, taking the precautions that you are, but mm-hmm. you know, there were parents that are doctors that didn't have a cho- like choice to go right. in. And right. it, it was just such a stressful time. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. We're hopefully <laughs> like we're in July and it's almost done. I, know, uh, I don't even want to say it because I, know, <laughs> I don't I even want to jinx anything. I know. You know and it's just so ready. Yes. And I, and I did what a lot of business owners did. You know, you go inward and you say, okay, what offerings do we want to create? How does, you know, a lot of, so many people redid their websites, right? Because we're all at home and we can all kind of go back to the basics of really looking at what our business is and what we've created. And so at the beginning of COVID, I redid the website. I created a lot of offerings. So we launched our She Built It app, which is great because now our community members can communicate and meet each other. Um, And there's additional offerings within the app. Uh, but so that part was great. The part of being a first grade teacher and literally, you know, being interrupted every 20 minutes. And like you said, the cafeteria, it's snack time. And then it's okay. I think I have 40 bandwidth minutes. bandwidth right. with the right. internet, like everyone's streaming right. and everyone's on it's then you can't, right. you can't. Right. 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 So the struggle of growing a business, running a business, being a first grade teacher to two seven-year-olds you know, waking up in the morning, kind of doing the lesson plans. Okay. What are they doing today? Wrapping your mind around their homework. And then, you know, when they're off zoom, actually going through their lessons and checking their lessons and making sure that, I mean, now you're grading them or making sure it's done and submitting them via internet, which with these apps like seesaw and Mm -hmm. Dreambox, I'm like, I don't know what these are because they didn't have those Mm -hmm. when we were kids. And I thought it was such a pain and I hated every minute of it. And my whole thing is my mom is a reading specialist growing up and my sister's a, an elementary school principal, but she was a a assistant principal and a fourth grade teacher before that. Mm -hmm. And so it's intrinsic. They were trained for me. I'm sales and marketing background. I have an exercise science degree in health and wellness. There's no teaching when it comes to formality and Mm -hmm. your twins are the same age as my oldest. And I would say like, I'm not equipped to teach them how to read and write. I I can help them with homework, but I don't 
want to take on that task of teaching it, I can help them Mm -hmm. and maintain their lessons and of course work with them at home. But I don't want to be responsible for that, especially with them being so young. That's Mm -hmm. when all, like I have a kindergarten. I had a last year for COVID I had a first grader, a kindergartner and a preschooler and kindergartens, right. When you're learning all those really major things. And I know I'm not alone and we're all going to have to play catch up, but it's very frustrating for then maybe if you had a middle schooler or a high schooler, they're more independent, independent. They have all of at least the reading and writing skills to where they can read their homework and ask questions and self-sufficiency is there. And I don't really have to teach them something like basics, Mm -hmm. I guess. Right. You had a challenge that I didn't have because my kids are the same age. So that was in a way great because I was teaching them the same thing, right? (laughs) You know, I can only imagine different ages and trying to teach those two, you know, two different things. Right. right? And and the first year of real school was kindergarten. And so my young, my oldest was kindergarten when COVID hit. So we really didn't get to finish the end of school because we didn't Mm -hmm. go back after spring break. So he didn't have a full real year at a real school Mm -hmm. at like the primary level. And so going into it this way in a new school, because we moved during COVID, it was nothing to compare it to. It was a new school. I didn't know the teachers, at least where we were living. My sister had some connections there and gave me some really great, you know, roadmaps, but, and that's not as common. Right. So I felt very spoiled and very fortunate, but it was just different. So we didn't get to finish it. And so having the kid in her garden year, get kind of wiped out at the end and then starting it with a new child and just, it didn't give us a good baseline on what they really needed to know. And also where they should have been because we missed the last quarter. Right. And you and I are so similar where I have a business development background too. And my mom taught elementary school for 29 years. So I understand when your family says, are you posting the homework? Have you done all the lessons? Because that's the way, you know, my mom and I'm guessing your family, like our families think, right. They think as educators, right. But when you're someone coming from a background of not being an educator, I mean, it's not like we can't do it. We can learn how to do it. Right. But, but the I tools aren't there. Saying, Right. I had my mom saying, well, did you post the homework and did you go through the homework with them? And I think we posted a hundred things on Seesaw for each. Oh, I mean, I seesaw. Think, I think we, because I just wanted to make sure that they didn't fall behind, you know, for sure. and, so it's- and the p- component of the digital thing. So for me, I, writing with your hand is brain development. And if you're mm-hmm. doing everything on a tablet and do like, it just, was infuriating almost because they weren't learning the skills. And I know that technology is the future, but those are still skills and things that you need. And then them writing them out with their finger or having, they don't know how to use a computer. Cause I don't have a lot of screen time here. They had an iPad when we go to dinner, but they don't have right. to know that stuff. And I'm then now attached to their computers and trying to, and then I have to listen to my kindergartner, tell the teacher how pretty she is and what unicorns are. And I'm like, oh my gosh, just sit down and listen to the teacher, which I know is totally kindergartner. And my sister was over, was like, it's classic. It's okay. That's common, but I don't have to see it. They're supposed to be in school where I could not, because it just made me like, like, listen to the teacher. 
It's also different with girls and boys too. Yes. You know, my oh my daughter gosh. would sit and listen. My son was always had toys in his, just because he could, he didn't want to sit still. I mean, it's hard for me to You're sit sitting still. in the game room too, probably. Zoom, right. And then for him to try to sit still, you know, and then in California, the beach closed every, the part, all the parks closed. I mean, that was challenging too, because then, you know, Can't go to playground entertaining go. them all afternoon. And then they have so much energy you know, and they're at the age where you still have to supervise them outside. And right. so it's like, now I have to be supervising you to go on like recess, I guess is what you would say. And then you just, it was a very difficult time. And in Texas, it gets so hot. So it's, you can't right. really be, and then you've got calls. I've got calls. And okay. luckily, I mean, you work with moms, I work with moms. So there was right. just a whole camaraderie, like no worries. At least it's not my kid that's going right. into the screen. It's <laughs> I've had people say to me, I'm so sorry. My children, I said, never apologize to me. If your child's in the background, just don't no. ever, because you're here, you're, you know, we're having this conversation, the work is getting done and just, you know, it doesn't even phase me. It really doesn't. And during COVID, I implemented a recess. I have a Peloton bike and I have a, um, a treadmill and I, um, put the kids on both of those. I mean, not doing a full workout. Sure. Right. <laughs> right. I was like, that's I, my style. I'm sending I, my children I, to your I, house. I, I paid attention to the safety issues, right? Sure, like sure. I made sure they were safe. The treadmill is not moving super fast, but I let them have a little bit of screen time while they were on the gym equipment. And it just got the energy out when we couldn't leave the house. Sure. I said, okay, for 30 minutes, we're going to walk and you're going to slowly pedal and you can watch that. Cause the screen kept them on, on the equipment a little but longer. It, yeah. But it helps so much with just getting the energy out. Cause whenever they got that kind of hangry, like hangry or like frustrated, I could tell, you mm -hmm. know, that they were feeling that frustration of not seeing friends and too much TV. I'd say, okay, it's time, time, time for a little, my kids were tired of each other. Like right. they were like, I, they love each other, mm -hmm. but not being able to see friends or go to birthday party. It was just very like, they, they love each other, but man, they just were, they wanted something new and fresh and they were tired of doing the same thing. And in Texas, we had the freeze during COVID. So not only could you not go to school for COVID, but then, Oh, just kidding. Like when you're supposed to go back, we're going to have a freeze and no internet and schools canceled, even though you could technically do it virtually. It was just a lot of challenges that were extra as well. And I'm just hopeful that things will go back to normal, uh, soon. I can't even think about it actually. Cause yeah. I just don't want to jinx. It's hard to, I just don't want to say something that's going to, not right. that anything that I think is going to affect anything, but it's hard for me to wrap my mind around thinking about something if it's not going to happen. So 100%. I'm just like hoping, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> hoping. Well, if, you know, life, like there's never, backwards. right. I mean, no, definitely not. Cause that's usually what ends up happening. You think it, and then you put it out there and you're like, Oh no, why did I do that? And then you're twice as devastated if it doesn't happen. Right. Absolutely. And let's just fingers crossed. It's like, it's so close. Like it's July and right there, right there. Right, right. Um, it's never a dull moment. Right. And speaking of dull moments, how do you organize a never a dull moment lifestyle? Right. Because that's what she built. It is about as well. With twins, I realized early on that I had to be super organized and scheduled before I had kids, people would come over and they'd have to leave because of a nap time. And I never understood that. And I, 
learned it really quick yes. after having the twins. <laughs> and I think, um, I've even had to apologize to, um, their teachers because I heard my son on a zoom say we were supposed to start math at eight 45, you know, cause he's so used to being so scheduled. I mean, on the weekends, I'm not so scheduled, but during the week, you know, we do, dinner at five and baths at six and read books at seven 30, because I learned early on that if I wasn't organized, I'd get no time for myself and I wouldn't get that time to, to recharge in order to take care of the twins. Mm -hmm. And there's a, we traveled every two months from when they were five months old to five years old. And so you get things a, a bit down to a science where you get on an airplane with two five months old babies and you have these experiences that are out of your control. And then you think, okay, how can I make sure that that doesn't happen again? Like, how can I be kind of overly prepared to make sure that I have everything that I need? I got to the point where I would even go to target before we got on an airplane. Um, this was one of my kind of tricks for helping to take care of kids while travel. I'd get little bags of toys, obviously something that didn't make noise on an airplane. Yes. <laughs> and for the people around you. And then you just pull out, you know, the different toys throughout. And you the space flight. them, you space right. them because you don't want to run out. I mean, right. listeners, this is why Melly and I are friends, by the way, because <laughs> are you seeing a common pattern with everything that I do? <laughs> totally. Like she and I are the same person. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I mean, you have to be organized because we could kind of have a sense of what was going to happen in our lives before kids, but kids do things that are unpredictable. And so when you go through that, you think, okay, what can I do to try to not have that happen again? And another story comes to my mind. Uh, they were turning four and we were driving to the Santa Monica pier. We used to go to an event every year where they got to ride the rides and the Ferris wheel. And it's right by the beach. And we went in two separate cars. My husband and I went in one car with my daughter and my son went in a different car. And I told the people that he was in the car with, I said, he gets car sick. Don't give him an iPhone or any kind of technology. Well, they didn't listen. We no. got there. You can imagine what happened. And within probably 10 minutes, I had him cleaned up and ready to go. And the person said to me, wow, it's because in the back of my car, I had a change of clothes. I had everything to get him set up and ready to go. And within 10 minutes, we were on the pier. And it was because I just learned to be organized and overly prepared. prepared. You have to be because it's funny with like baby showers, for instance, they'll sometimes play those games. Like if you go into your purse and if you have these things, you have like the point system. Mm -hmm. And I would win every time because I... My purse had everything that you could think of from gum to candy to right. first aid kit of right. some sort, diaper right. and underwear. I even right. did have the underwear because I have always a change of underwear for the kids. They're a little older right. now. I don't have to well, worry yeah. about it, but yeah. before, mm -hmm. and they would just laugh. I was like, because you just don't know when a kid's going to fall and scrape a knee or you know, cell phone and a charger. Same thing here. I have like a little thing behind in my back room, uh, in my, uh, my trunk. So when we go to a restaurant with a playground, always sunscreen, bug spray, some tractors so they can you know, play with and wipes <laughs> and then a change of clothes in case they fall in the mud or right. whatever, Yep. because you, it, things happen. Yeah. And it makes situation in our in life so much better for the kids and for us. Sure. Like we're ready for those situations. And if things happen, then you don't freak out as much because it's like, oh, it's no big deal. I have a change of clothes in the car and it'll be fine. And you're prepared. And yes, is it extra stuff? Oh, who cares? Mm -hmm. Who cares? Mm -hmm. So I love it. I mean, again, so true. Same person. We're, I love it so much. We would thrive yeah. in our, each yeah. other's houses. And, and doesn't that 
that goes over into your business as well. It does for mine too, because, you know, I'm sure you tend to think what, you know, what could happen, like what could go wrong, but what could go right. Sure. You You always prepare for the worst, hope for the best. That's what I always say. Drives my husband a little bit crazy because he's like, why can't you just focus always on the positive? I'm like, because I want to be prepared if something happens that I need to be ready for. For instance, when you're uh, traveling, I always prepare for a very long delay. You never know. You don't, cause that stuff's not in your control. Mm-hmm. I don't stress about things that are in my control because right. I, it's my decision. Right. But when it comes to like travel or could I get a flat tire? And what if the, um, we're stuck on the side of the road, there's no bathroom or the kids mm-hmm. need a snack or whatever. You have to have something to keep them occupied and mm-hmm. you not have to stress out. You have to prepare so when that chaos ensues, you don't have to, you won't freak out and make it worse. So true. This makes it so much harder. So true. So much easier when we're prepared, right? So prepare for the worst, hope for the best, hope you never have to use it. But man, when it's there, it, you'll be happy. You did it uh-huh. and it might, this might still be stressful, but it's at least peace of mind and you have some clarity there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm all about being prepared. I hate the unknown and mm-hmm. all those things open-ended things. Situations always go better too. Yeah. Everything goes better when you're a little bit more prepared. 100%. So what brings you joy in both being able to be a mom and run a successful business? It's being there for the small moments with the kids, because those are the moments that really matter the most. And I love working and I love business development. You're in, you've been in business development too winning clients and helping clients to make their life and business better is so great and, and gratifying, but also being there for the kids in those small moments, right. And being a role model for the kids, having Parker and Elliot see a mom who is doing something that brings her joy because I hope they grow up to do the things in life that that they enjoy doing and learn that they can make a living doing those things. So being a role model in that way, um, obviously we're very women's empowerment Yes, <laughs> in my house <laughs> Love it <laughs> with a company called she built it. Uh, but being a role model for, for, uh, both Parker and Elliot that see a mom who's, who's working, who's putting effort and energy every day into something I'm passionate about and also being there for those little moments for them where, they have a performance at school or Elliot's really into building Lego sets. It can be as small as now he's building the white house. He completed the white house. He gets so excited whenever he completes his Lego. Yay. So it's just, you know, being there for those small moments too. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I, I think it's important, especially if you do have a daughter, I mean, in sons, but you just showing what hard work looks like. And if it's important to you, it's important to be important to them and vice versa. If it's important to your kids, then you need to also show interest in that as well, because it will just teach them really a great lesson to bring forward. So yeah. And foster what they're into because what they're into could turn into their career someday. Never know money doing something that they really enjoy doing. You know, we've all had meantime jobs. We've all worked in areas where we didn't love it. Right. But that doesn't mean we can't get to a place. You know, I, today I love what I do. You know, it doesn't mean you can't get to a place where you wake up every day, super passionate about what you're doing. Right. I, I fully support that. 
and you deserve to be happy. And if you have to do a couple of jobs to get there, to make it easier for you, but that doesn't mean you can't make it work. I definitely at those meantime jobs. Oh yeah. I call it meantime jobs where you think, okay, this isn't exactly what I want to do. Like I think earlier and early in my career, you know, I didn't love it, but I'm going to, to take this and it's going to support me and until learn. Can, until, yeah. Always growth. And until I can get to do what I really want to do and I'm not going to stop trying until I get there. Yeah. You can always gain experience doing those things. So you might be able to apply it later. I mean, everything is a learning experience and you should always take it with that too. You might not like it. So try to turn your mindset into, well, what can I learn from this and take from it? Because mm-hmm. there is something here that I'm going to have to learn, whether that be dealing with my boss that I don't people skills or managing something or even just technology. So mm-hmm. awesome. Well, this was wonderful. Thank you so much for being here and yes. having this conversation and just shedding more light on being more organized and prepared and starting your own business and really empowering women and other entrepreneurs. So I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me. The, the mompreneur juggle is real. We're all, in it to, we're all in it together. Under, oh yeah, hundred percent. Can you tell our listeners where we can find you and more about She Built It? Yes, at shebuiltit.com. If you are looking for a community of supportive women for knowledge and resources, we'd love for you to become a member. I, we are also at She Built It on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And also I'm at Melanie Barr on LinkedIn. And I'd love to connect with anyone that would like to chat about experiencing the life and business that you crave. Awesome. Thank you so much. And listeners go, go check out Melanie and the, she built it community. It's fantastic, incredible. And I'm very excited to be a part of your network and thank you again for being here. Thank you. And you guys, thank you so much for listening to the chaos and cookies podcast, and I will catch you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to the chaos and cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.